Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Montana's only daily sports talk show, Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Well, I wish it would have happened in mid-July so we could spend a heck of a lot more time talking about it. But how about that? Bombshell trade in the NBA. Everybody thought Damian Lillard was going to Miami or L.A. or New York. How about Milwaukee? Unbelievable. My little nephew, Ellis, is going to flip his lid. His Two of his favorite players are Giannis Antetokounmpo and Damian Lillard. He doesn't quite understand how they can get together and how if you change a team, your career's not over. You actually have another uh, restart to your career, but uh, he's going to be very happy. That's as much time as we can spend talking about that, though. Welcome in. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. We'll get more uh, to that trade with Rajim Seabrook on Friday, but we got to get to it here today because we have, yet again, another jam-packed show for you. Sam Herter, Hero Sports, back for his weekly appearance. We'll talk all the way around uh, the FCS with Sam now that he's back stateside. We'll also hear from Chris Chitavitsky, the Grizz soccer coach. Grizz Open Big Sky Conference play tomorrow in Cheney against Eastern Washington. We'll also hear from Trayton Pickering, a senior tight end for the Montana State Bobcats. That's part of our Montana State Minute. Our Grizz Hockey weekly segment debuts today. Mike Anderson will join us live uh, via the telephone but if you need something to do tonight, the Grizz Hockey team is hosting an event right across the street from us at Buffalo Wild Wings. If you go over there at 530, uh, they'll be eating wings, signing posters. They have some other prizes for you. And if you show them the Grizz Hockey Instagram post, uh, you're going to get 20% off, and uh, they're going to get 20% of the proceeds to help Grizz Hockey raise some money. And then hour number two, how fun is this? We're reunited, and it feels so good. I wish it was an everyday occurrence, but we'll take it where we can get it. Ryan Tutel, former co-host of this show, uh, in fact, I guess the founder of this show once upon a time. He started with Tuesdays with Tutel, then he moved to Tutel and Tucker, then it moved to Tutel and Nuanez, and now he'll be our guest on the ESPN Roundtable here on Nuanez Now. So the whole second hour, we'll talk Big Sky, we'll talk NFL, and we'll talk whatever else uh, we might get to. So jam-packed. Full slate of guests here on Nuanas. Now, you want to stream the show, you always can, 1029ESPN.com, or you can always download the ESPN MT app. And if you want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call or text that number to be involved in the show anytime. But also remember that number, 888-1029, because we have a ton of stuff to give you today. Wednesday, so that means we always got wings for you every Wednesday. We also got some Grizz hockey tickets for you. 
We got some tickets to the uh, the Brewfest coming up on Friday as well. And uh, probably a bunch of other stuff as well. So keep that number in mind, 406-888-1029. All guests will join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line, which is where we go right now. Welcome in our good buddy Sam Herter, Hero Sports. Uh, he's back stateside. Sam, how was your trip? I saw your pictures. Did you enjoy yourself in Ireland? Yeah, it was a, a really fun time. It's a beautiful country, uh, great people, uh, a lot to do, a lot to uh, a lot to see. You know, like I said, it's a beautiful country, and there's just, you know, I was, I was in Dublin for most of it, and there's just so many uh, restaurants and, and pubs and, and coffee shops and historical sites to get to. So I tried to get to uh, that as much as I could in seven days there. Well, uh, you're such a hard-working guy, so I'm glad you got a little time away. But I'm sure you couldn't be completely away because you probably had to at least monitor some stuff on Saturday. So what was that like, trying to at least keep some sort of bead on what was going on in the FCS uh, over the weekend? Yeah, you know, almost. Thankfully, I guess our last night there was uh, was Saturday. Oh, okay. And, you know, by that point, we had we had gone out enough times and had beaten out, you know, enough times <laughs> that uh, we just wanted to relax the night in, you know, at the hotel. And in Ireland is is uh, six hours ahead of time uh, as far as where I'm usually at central time. Um, and so thankfully, you know, I was able to watch a lot of the late nights uh, games in the FCS. I think I watched about a dozen or so. I um, had to do it on my phone. Um, but yeah, you know, the, like I think it was the Montana State game kicked off at 1 a.m. Um, uh, in Ireland time. The UC Davis Eastern Washington game was like 3 a.m. Uh, I think the Montana game was like 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. And so uh, I stayed up on that last night uh, until about 3 a.m., um, or I think I was actually 4 a.m. watching FCS football games, and then um, as the Montana State one finished up, I you know I kind of crashed after that and wasn't able to see the entirety of the Eastern Washington UC Davis game because I think that finished up at like six local time in the morning where I was at. <laughs> well, I was in Ogden, and and uh, our trip back home to Montana was delayed because I we well, got our work done, and then we couldn't not we couldn't leave. We had to watch the end of the Easter Washington game, but uh, 11 p.m. is a lot different than 4 a.m. So uh, certainly a good job by you keeping as many tabs as you could. Uh, let's talk about the, the week that was then in the FCS. Uh, when you look around the top 25, I'll just ask you an open-ended question. I think I might know where you're going to land on this, but what was the uh, the most surprising or shocking result from last week in your opinion? Yeah, as far as a um, you know a, a win loss. Uh, I think Montana certainly losing at Northern Arizona was the most shocking one. Um, as far as the most, I guess you could call it shocking results. Uh, you know, I think most people had Montana State going to Weber State and getting a win, uh, but winning forty to nothing. Totally. I don't think you know a whole lot of people uh, saw that. So those were two of the more uh, surprising ones. You know, I, I guess I would say you know there are some other ones that maybe were a bit off the radar. You know, like Houston Christian beat Southeastern Louisiana. You know, that's not really something that you would predict. Uh, too often, uh, Samford keeps on losing. They they were a top ten team. Now they're fully out of the top twenty five. They lost pretty handily to Chattanooga. I mean, Samford was, was a team that made the quarterfinals uh, last year. Then you know, going to the CAA, you know, I thought Rhode Island Rhode Island was looking pretty good, but they lost thirty five to nine to Villanova, um, which kind of sums up the CAA on how um, you know competitive it is from teams about one through seven. And so those were uh, just a few results that kind of moved the needle a bit when it came to the top twenty five. Well, let's talk about the games in the Big Sky Conference then because um, certainly, I mean, that's going to be a, a huge part of this segment each time you join us, not only because we're in Big Sky country, but also just because when you look at the FCS landscape right now, so many of the top teams reside in the Big Sky. And we've talked about these six teams that have been in the top 25 for the last uh, several weeks. And now we got a seventh team with Eastern Washington breaking their way uh, into the top 25. They got a couple top 25 wins in the last couple weeks. Beaten Sela, uh, who oh, I know is now not in the top 25 anymore, but they were when, when Eastern beat them. And then they beat UC Davis this last week on the road. Uh, so another good win for Eastern Washington. Are you surprised by the Eagles, or what do you what have you thought of just the fact that Aaron Best has been able to sort of guide this crew back? I mean, they, I know you watched them live and you talked about it when they were uh, in Minneapolis against North Dakota State, but since that 35-10 loss to NDSU, they take Fresno State to double overtime, and then they have a, a win over a, a playoff team from a year ago, and then another win over a top 15 team in, in UC Davis to start Big Sky play. You're, what do you thought uh, of the Eagles? Yeah, I didn't see this start to the season coming uh, for them, and not just 
not even, you know, even record-wise, but, you know, even going two and two through this stretch is really impressive. But just with how they've been playing, um, I think I've, uh, you know, certainly been impressed with Eastern Washington. And, you know, it wasn't just their, uh, I think it was three and eight record last year. It was just how some of those last three, four games went for the Eagles where you really questioned, you know, could they turn it around uh, that well this year? Now, I, I think if you would have asked me in the preseason, I probably would have predicted Eastern Washington to be around five or six, somewhere around there. I didn't think they would be three and eight and as bad as they were last year, but you just didn't really see a whole lot on paper as far as them, you know, turning around and being a playoff contender. Uh, but yeah, you know, the, the NDSU game uh, kind of got away from them and the Bison won handily. But then the next week, like you said, Fresno State took them to uh, double overtime and Fresno State is, is the number 25 team in the AP college football poll. Uh, so Fresno State's a really good team in Eastern Washington, uh, you know, went toe to toe with them. Uh, and then, yeah, like you said, two ranked wins in a row. And now all of a sudden Eastern Washington is, uh, you know, we thought there was in the preseason a pretty clear divide between the top six teams and the bottom six teams. Uh, but now it appears that, you know, that, that maybe there is still a, a divide between the top six and the bottom six. If you want to swap Eastern Washington and Montana, uh, but I think right now it, it seems like the, the those seven there, there are seven teams that have separated themselves right now from you know from the bottom five. Uh, but as I say that, I mean NAU just literally just beat Montana, and so maybe the Grizz you know are are a part of that bottom six now. Sam Herter here on Sports joining us here on Nuanas Now ESPN Radio SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. It was it was certainly one of the most shocking losses in the, of the season so far. And I think that you and I have both been a little bit tepid on the Grizz. We were texting about it after they had had a little bit of a struggle with Butler and then put Butler away late and then, you know, went toe-to-toe with the Division II team. I know Ferris State is, you know, the Division II team, as Bobby Hout called them. I mean, they are the two-time reigning national champs. But still, you know, to not even have 200 yards of total offense at home, I guess a D2 team, I mean, maybe that's uh, signs of things to come. And then last week in Flagstaff, you know, not only did Montana make uncharacteristic mistakes, got a punt blocked early, uh, gave up some big plays on trick plays, but also they just looked flat uh, across the board and they looked completely overmatched and in some cases completely apathetic offensively. I mean, there's the, the clip right now of their offensive line basically giving up on a pass protection and a couple of the offensive linemen walking off the field before Sam Vidlak is even sacked. And I, I know that sometimes we can make too much of this stuff in, in the social media era, but that clip in itself was was not a good look for Montana. And uh, you know, I think that there's those that have watched the Grizz in and out and and pretty in depth, especially throughout the years, but particularly this year, I think that a lot of us have thought, man, th- this team might have some issues. They they might have some struggles coming. I didn't think the struggles were going to start until they went to UC Davis on October seventh. So the fact that they dropped their first Big Sky game in Flagstaff to a team that gave up 50 to Utah Tech the week before, uh, it's a it's a tough loss for Montana. Uh, I mean, how does this color your, your vision of the Grizz, Sam? Because I know that uh, y- you had them lower in your polls coming out of the Ferris State game, even though they were 3-0. and um, Now, I mean, it's if you didn't vote the Grizz in the top 25 this week, I think that's justified after the way that they played last Saturday. So, I mean, what do you think of just – where Montana's at right now, four games into the season. Yeah, you know, it's it's a, a tough start, obviously, especially when you factor in, uh, you know, just from, from a playoff positioning that that Ferris State game, you know, it doesn't really count uh, on their, their playoff resume. And then, then you suffer a, a loss to Northern Arizona. Um, and so, you know, you're really at, you know, um, you know, you have to hit several more wins to get to, you know, 71 wins. That's kind of, you know, you know, the, the, the magic, the magic number to hit. And at three and one right now, you're really two and one in the playoff committee's in the playoff committee's eyes. Um, and so, you know, you're going to have to pull, if you're Montana, you're going to have to pull, you know, probably at least two upsets against teams. You might not be favored to beat uh, in order to hit those seven division one wins and finish eight and three overall. But, you know, it just, as far as, you know, where I, I view Montana right now, you know, I, I should mention that a year ago at this time, I had the Grizz number two in my top 25, and I thought that they were a legit national title contender. Um, and at that point, I got a lot of flack from from fans of other conferences saying, you know, the, the national media is always hyping Montana up, and, you know, they're always overhyped. And now the last couple of weeks, I've, you know, obviously been a bit uh, more negative uh, about Montana. Um, and then the narrative has kind of flipped where, you know, I'm a, I'm a Grizz hater, and I've, and I've always talked about them negatively when, you know, really, it's just if I see something I really like about Montana and I, and I really like how they look as a team, you know, I'll rank them as such. And, and right now I just, 
obviously don't like what I'm seeing, you know, through the first 16 quarters with Montana. I mean, I no longer have them ranked in my top 25. And you kind of start with the Butler game where it was a one possession game well into the second half. And you kind of go, okay, you know, that's, um, you know, that's a bit concerning. Uh, then the Ferris State game, I understand that's a really, do deep, uh, really good D2 program, but with how Montana is supposed to be built and how we thought they were built as far as having a really good offensive line, um, you know, they just didn't get the push and didn't pull away from D2 Ferris State uh, like like we like a lot of us thought they, they would. Um, and then at that point, after that win over Ferris State, I think I dropped Montana from either 15 or 16 to like around 21. And then, you know, of course, after losing to previously 0-3 Northern Arizona, it was, it was a pretty pretty easy choice for me to, to drop Montana out of my top 25 uh, altogether. And, you know, some people might, you know, think how are there 25 better teams uh, in the FCS in Montana right now? You know, while watching, you know, dozens of these games, there are easily 25 better teams in Montana uh, right now that are playing better football than, than the Grizz you know, at this point um, in the season. And I just think, you know, a lot of voters are probably slot voting where they don't believe, you know, if, if a team wins, they have to stay where they're at or you move them up. Um, and a lot of people last week at this time probably had Montana, you know, anywhere from 10 to 15 in their ballots. Um, and after losing to Northern Arizona, I think a lot of voters probably had the mindset of, I can't move a team from, from you know, number 12 to all the way out of my ballot. Uh, but at the same time, if you've been watching Montana for all 16 quarters, uh, you know, the Grizz were never the 20th best team or the 15th best team, you know, in the country this season. And I think... Uh, the Northern Arizona performance just, you know, ultimately proved that as of right now where we sit, the Grizz just aren't a uh, top 25 team, you know, in the FCS with how they're playing. Well, last uh, question about Montana, we'll talk a little bit more about the rest of the Big Skate Conference. Um, you're so good at, at, at the playoff scenarios. And as you mentioned, when you play a D2, that's one less chance for those seven D1 wins that the, the playoff committee puts a, a priority on. And so now with, with Montana dropping a game that maybe on paper they were not supposed to drop, now it sort of makes it so that not only do they have to win the games with their heavily favored, like this weekend against Idaho State, October 28th against Northern Colorado, um, but they also then are going to have to probably steal one of their more sort of prominent games at UC Davis or at Idaho or uh, when the Cats come to town. So... I mean, is 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 that the scenario? I mean, is Montana basically in a in a must win situation this weekend, as well as then having to figure out a way to get another one of those wins uh, on the docket if they want to be a, a playoff team? Yeah, uh, I mean, like you said, right now you can basically treat it as two and one uh, for Montana, and so I mean, you you have to beat Idaho State, uh, you have to beat Northern Colorado, and you have to beat Portland State, and that hits you know five Division One wins for you right there. And then you have to win, you know, two more to really hit that seven D one win mark. And so you're going to have to go, uh, you know, two and two uh, against Montana State, Sacramento State, uh, UC Davis, um, and and Idaho. And you know that's going to be, um, you know, a really tall task, especially with you know how Montana is playing uh, right now. You know, of course they can obviously turn things around. It's still early on uh, in the season, but you know ultimately. You're competing for your conference titles, but, you know, also you're competing for playoff positioning. Um, and so right now, looking at the upcoming schedule for Montana and just what their, their record is uh, right now, you know, there's going to have to be uh, some some pretty good, uh, you know, turnarounds uh, for Montana and figure out what they want to do uh, offensively because, you know, Idaho State is, you know, you would think Montana could win pretty favorably, but then, I mean, UC Davis, Idaho, uh, and back-to-back weeks, uh, you know, you're probably going to have to win at least one of those because if you lose both of those, then all of a sudden you're you're really in a scenario where you need to win out, uh, or else you're going to you know possibly finish with six Division One wins, maybe less. Um, and so that you know that stretch in early October is is going to be absolutely massive for Montana. Um, and you never want to be in that position where you're almost fighting for your playoff lives, you know, early on in October. But uh, just with uh, you know losing this game, especially against an unranked opponent. Now, if this was a loss to Idaho, you know, it wouldn't be as bad. But the fact that it was a loss to Northern Arizona, um, I think, really sets uh, Montana back. Sam Herder, Hero Sports here uh, on Nuanas. Now, you mentioned just the, the the margin of victory that Montana State had at Weber State. D- does this color or change your opinion of of the Cats? Uh, after that resounding victory, I know that you were impressed with them when they played at South Dakota State, but they let that one kind of slip away. Uh, how, how do you think of Montana State now after uh, pounding a top 25 and even a top 10 team at their house uh, this last week? Yeah, I think it just reaffirms that Montana State is now, you know, solid, or they already were, but, you know, if you weren't believing, you know, that before, you're, not, you're now believing uh, that Montana State is solidly in that top tier uh, of the FCS as far as legit national title contenders that, 
you know, that tier has really only been two teams deep for the last, you know, few seasons. Uh, and then Montana State, I think, has, has entered that conversation easily along with North Dakota State and South Dakota State because, you know, if you, you, could, if you really wanted to, and, and this is not my perception, but you could spin it as, you know, well, Montana State played South Dakota State so tough because, you know, the Jacks just had an off day. Um, you, know, you, you can spin it that way if you want. Um, but after going to uh, top 10 Weber States uh, and winning 40 to nothing and absolutely annihilating Weber States, you know, if, if you weren't a believer by now, I think you have to be a believer uh, now with Montana State and, and what they can do. Uh, you know, I, I think defensively, uh, Montana State has been really, really impressive. Uh, you know, then offensively without Tommy Malat. Uh, you still have Sean Chambers in there um, and, and kind of changing the schemes up a little bit more uh, under center, uh, more single back formations, um, you know, a uh, play action look where I think, you know, play action under center is a bit more difficult to stop rather than, you know, a read option type of look. And so, um, you know, Mon- Montana State's kind of in that same uh, situation last year as far as who they roll with as far as, you know, being their guy. Um, I, you know, I, I would probably sprinkle in that, that look with Sean Chambers a little bit more under center, uh, but obviously Malata is, you know, still their guy when he is coming back uh, uh, healthy. Um, I just think there is, um, you know, that look of having a, a more uh, traditional, I don't want, I don't know if I want to say traditional, but more of a, a traditional look where you can stretch your defense more vertically like Montana State did this last weekend with Chambers is, is probably your best way to beat uh, a team like South Dakota State or North Dakota State when you're also, you know, you're running, you can also run the, the read option and all that type of stuff. But, you know, I just think that that look they had with Chambers is, is you know, arguably the most difficult to stop for Montana State. You Sam Herter. You can find all his fine work at heroesports.com. And you can also follow him on Twitter uh, for a whole bunch of great content. Sam, appreciate the time, man. Glad you had fun on your trip and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for being here. All right, sounds good. Thank you. Good stuff from Sam Herter. Switching gears from football to football. How about a little Grizz soccer? Well, Grizz soccer coverage continues, and now we are into Big Sky Conference play, and our soccer expert, Andrew Houghton, our producer here at Nuanas now, he doing a little double duty. We got Grizz hockey coming up this weekend as well. The debut of the Grizz hockey team Friday night down there at the Glacier Ice Rink. So ace engineer Tommy Evans is down there uh, showing Andrew all the ropes. They're getting it all set up. So I'm pinch hitting. Hopefully I don't make too much of a fool of myself. But I do have a lot of questions for Chris Chudovitsky, our guest here uh, on is Now he is the head coach uh, of the Grizz soccer team. Coach, uh, first of all, congratulations on a great non-conference schedule. Thanks so much for being with us. I wanted to know about that element. How are you guys able to put together such a competitive, great non-conference schedule? And how do you think your team benefited from playing uh, such a challenging slate here leading into conference play? Yeah, great question. Before I get into that, I do want to give a shout out to the Grizz hockey team. I think they're tremendous supporters of our program. I want to make sure that everybody who's listening to this supports them as well. Uh, they're super active in the community and within all sports here, they really just insert themselves into it. So cool program to follow, super successful and wishing them nothing but the best this year too. But um, when you look at our schedule, I felt like, oh wow, it's taken us years. So we're normally planning schedules two to three years in advance. Like right now we're working on the 2026 schedule and how that's going to look. And so um, it turned out really nice. It was a gamble trying to get three power fives on it because are we going to be ready to play them? Are we not? And we just happened to be in a vintage year for the team where we've got the right kind of leadership, the right kind of maturity, and the kind of freshmen who are able to step in and just mature very quickly as well. So um, using those kinds of players to be able to step on the field against high-level programs and say we're not just going to defend and hope to hang on. We're going to try to play at that level, be at that level and try to win these games. I thought it was, you know, tremendous performance from us. To be 6-2-2 two and two right now is, uh, ever since I've gotten here, the best start um, that, that we've had. And we've played well and look good, and we're more than ready for conference play now. The mental element of that is so fascinating to me because getting the, the, the big-time opponents on the schedule is one thing. It's a challenge, especially you know at Montana. We see it in, in men's and women's basketball, and, and I know it's a challenge for you guys as well, but now here you are, and uh, you got that done. But then to get the games on the schedule and then also be mentally prepared to embrace the challenge of being competitive and then, in some cases, winning those games – What's that next step like? I mean, how is your how is your squad able to sort of get over the top and, and be mentally prepared, and then also have that momentum sort of build? 
Yeah, if you sat down with me in a recruiting presentation, I'd tell you that our program is about three things. One of them is maximizing impact and power and getting the most out of people on a human level. And part two is about removal of limitations, right? Stop limiting yourself. Who told you that you can't kick a ball with your left foot? Who told you that you're not good enough to play at this level? Who told us as a program, as a mid-major, that we're not allowed to beat power fives? So it's been years of recruiting players with that mindset who say, you know what? Yeah, absolutely. We are capable of winning at that level. And then... Just going through it over and over again, year after year, because we have struggled with the power fives over the years, but just being frustrated in those moments and saying, how do we improve? Because we have to beat them and not settling on the fact that, yeah, you're right. Let's go back into our glass box and live in there. So we're finally at a point with this group and with the next group of recruits who are going to come in who have seen these results because it's gone from talk now into actual action and results. So everybody now doesn't just believe they know we're capable of. And so that allows us now going into an NCAA tournament, hopefully one day in the future, to look at that first round, try to win in that first round, and see where it goes from there. Christian Davinsky joining us here on Nuwana's Doubts, our Grizz Soccer segments presented by Camby Taphouse. Camby Taphouse has two locations, including one right across the way from the Grizz Soccer Field, so it's a great place to go have yourself a bite to eat, maybe a drink before you take in the game, or go afterwards and recap the game, hang out with your friends. Appreciate Camby Taphouse for uh, being on board with us and uh, with Grizz Soccer as well. Stay tuned. we got some gift card action plus some Grizz Soccer tickets coming up for you uh, a little bit later on. Uh, tickets for next week's games because the Grizz are on the road to open up Big Sky Conference play this upcoming week at Eastern Washington on Thursday and at Idaho uh, on Sunday. Uh, Coach, let's talk about just what you hope carries over. Obviously, the mentality that we just talked about, I mean, that's something you obviously hope carries into the conference schedule. But just from a strategic standpoint, an operations standpoint, an execution standpoint, what sort of things did you like about your team in the non-conference, and and what sort of things do you hope you can carry into and build upon and now that conference play is here? Yeah, normally when you play any game that means something, including the Power 5 games, like the message before Ohio State was maintain our style of play. Like, don't just start kicking the ball forwards and turning this into an athletic contest. Like we're going to possess the ball out of the back. We're going to build through the thirds. We're going to try to create chances the way that we play. And so the same thing happens when you walk into conference play that every year we always struggle at some point in time, maintaining our identity because the games mean so much because you have to pick up the three points and stay on top of the league. And so when you start putting too much emotion into it and you lose your identity, then the game becomes very even. Um, and all of a sudden it becomes a physical, emotional matchup of all right, who's here for the day as opposed to just execute the game plan. And the highest level teams, you look at the Patriots, look at Bill Belichick, just do your job. If you do your job, we're going to be all right. And so that's what we're going back into right now. That's what we need is do your job, play our game, believe in our style, and understand the phrase, which is it's not how you start, it's how you finish. So even if they start better than us, it's how we finish. Utah Tech did start better than us, but we ran away with the game 4-0. Miami, Ohio were better than us at times, but we ran away with the game 4-0. It's how you finish, it's how you execute at the end of the day. And we might even lose a couple, but it's how we finish, getting to playoffs and winning playoffs, and hopefully winning regular season too. So that's kind of uh, everything on my mind there. If you want to learn more about soccer in general and particularly get really deep into the Grizz Soccer program, be sure to follow Soccer in Snow and Smoke, Andrew Houghton's great podcast that he's been producing now for a couple years. And coming up, I think it's actually the episode might be uh, out now. Jay Landham, the, the goalkeeper coach for the University of Montana, joined Andrew. And uh, Chris Chudovitsky joining us now here on Nuanas Now. And I want to ask you about that element too, Coach. I mean, you had this phenomenal... Uh, awesome goalie who's one of the greatest in the history of the Big Sky Conference in Claire Howard. And then you have another one in Kabilia Zoo who's talented enough to, to transfer to a Power Five in, in Minnesota. And now you have another one, and she happens to also be Montana made out of Billings West High School in Ashland Dvorak. So um, how have you guys been able to maintain such consistency at that position, and, and how important has that been to your guys' continued success? Yeah, that one I'm just lucky enough to to have walked in on. I think Mark before me uh, and Betsy starting the program, we've always had good goalkeepers here, including throughout Neil's era. So um, I just walked into a spot where goalkeepers just like hang on trees and you pick off the nicest one and there you go. <laughs> so um, we've been blessed with it. And then having Jay back in the program, the way that he coaches it, which is I love that you brought up the podcast that he just recorded with Andrew. I think there's a lot of cool things that will come out of that. Um, so we've got high level goalkeepers, we've got high level goalkeeper coaches and it just works for us. So to be honest, that's one of those things that, um, I can go to bed at night and just, 
you know, be be very grateful that I have a program that just produces them right now. And of course, we got to work hard to keep bringing them in. But um, Ashlyn has just been spectacular this year. In Cheney Thursday, in Moscow on Sunday, I, I know Idaho has had a very impressive non-conference as well, but certainly don't want to overlook the Eagles on Thursday. So um, give us the scout. What are the key elements to this road trip, and, and how do you make your team focus on the, the opponent at hand and not look forward to this great matchup against Idaho on Sunday? Because it should be a great one in Cheney on Thursday as well. Yeah, they're both going to be good. Every conference game matters, right? You guys any Chris coach in here, hey, who's your biggest rival? Of course, most of them are going to say the catch, but let's face it, everybody's going to put in their best performance against us, no matter the sport, because everybody wants to beat the Grizz. So um, it's going to be a heck of a game. I love what Missy's doing over at Eastern, just trying to you know, rebuild that, that uh, program, which used to be hyper-successful when I was back at North Dakota in 2017, and it kind of fell off a little bit, but she's doing a very good job moving it forward there dangerous going forwards. They're scoring a ton of goals. They are giving up a couple, but when they played Washington State, it was 1-0 Eastern until like the 70-something minutes. So they can hang on against good teams. They can get good results. And Idaho, for years under Jeremy, have been tremendous, just getting better and better and better. And they always prep them very well through the non-conference phase. So I think he's done a good job prepping them there, learning their lessons. They're going to be tough to play against, too, especially over there in the Dome. But for some reason, we, we love going out to that dome. Love the smell of it. Love the uh, sound of the lights in the background. And it's just, um, it's been a happy place for us to go to. And I hope it stays that way. He's Chris Chudovitsky, head coach of the Grizz soccer team. They begin conference play on the road. Cheney, Washington on Thursday afternoon, 4.30. And then in Moscow, Idaho at 2 p.m., on Sunday, you can find both of the games on ESPN Plus if you'd like to watch both live and archive. ESPN Plus is so sweet because if you can't catch it live, you can still just go watch it afterwards. So if you if you miss it, go check it out. These ladies are playing a really really entertaining brand of soccer, and uh, it's one of the best things going in the city of Missoula and the state of Montana. So we're happy to cover it here uh, at Nuanas now. Chris, we appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. And uh, you'll have the A team back next week, I promise. Andrew will be back in the saddle. But thanks for uh, thanks for bearing with me, and thanks for being here. Hey, I feel like you did a pretty good job. Andrew's got to be worried; he might lose his spot here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we appreciate you for being here, man. Thank you. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, we handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. If you're yearning for summer... I know it's it's in the rear view. It'll come back around. That's the best and worst part about being alive. But what's more summer than hanging out down at Karis Park? I know it's fall. That's why they have the uh, the Brew Masters Brew Fest. The Rendezvous Brew Fest is going on down at Karis Park on Friday from 3 to 8 p.m. We got some tickets for you. You want a pair of tickets to this? Call us right now, 406 888 1029. That's 888-1029. One zero two nine. Call us right now. Welcome back. Duan is now ESPN Radio. Well, time now for our Montana State Minute. Checking in on all things Bobcat football and Montana State coming off of a resounding forty to zero win in Ogden over ninth ranked Weber State. Cats hold steady at number three this week in the polls. That's their ninth straight Big Sky Conference victory. We're joined now by Trayton Pickering. He's a senior tight end there at MSU and a product of Sunburst Montana. Trayton, thanks for joining us, man. How you doing? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Well, you're welcome back anytime. You got a great radio voice, so we love having you on the show. <laughs> How's things <laughs> been, man? 
Uh, good. You know, just getting prepped for uh, Portland State. Just cleaned up some of the things that we did at Weber. Uh, just starting to move on to next week. Well, uh, we'll get to the upcoming matchup, but just take me through the preparation last week. It seemed like you guys had a very defined game plan, particularly with Tommy Malott out and Sean Chambers uh, being the lone man under center. I thought the way you guys operated early to sort of feel out the Weber State defense and then really took advantage of it and pulled away late. I thought it was brilliant. I thought you guys executed really well. Just take us through it. I mean, how, how was the week of prep last week, and how would you evaluate your guys' offensive execution? Yeah, I would say it was a lot of just using uh, what Sean's really good at. You uh, playing to his strengths, uh, get him moving around, get him flowing around, uh, making the defense guess a little bit. And uh, just kind of the preparation for the entire week was just making sure that we get every all the timing set up, making sure everything kind of looks similar, whether it's pass or run, play action. Uh, just really trying to make sure that it's hard for the defense to tell what we're running. And uh, I think all week everybody was just – full speed and really just trying to get after it and give uh, Sean really more game-like looks during practice. So I think that helped a bunch. We looked great offensively. It was so interesting watching this game and just how much you guys dominated this game, especially because you played Weber twice last year. And and the first one in Bozeman was one of the craziest games I've ever watched. I don't even know how to Mm -hmm. really put it in words. I mean, you hardly ever see kick returns and punt returns and block kicks and all that. And you had all of that in the first half alone in that game. And then the playoffs, you guys had a huge lead and they come roaring all the way back. So how did you sort of not let that get into your mind, though, and just execute on this matchup, this game against Weber State this last weekend? Yeah, I mean, I think special teams played a huge part in both of those games. Obviously, there was a couple kick return touchdowns and then uh, the snaps over the head for safeties. And just kind of special teams played a huge role in those couple games. And I felt like uh, after having the meeting on uh, today, uh, special teams kind of was zeroed out in this game. And so we were able to kind of just have a battle offensively and defensively. um, And it just kind of came out in our favor. And we were able to feel the game out as it went along and wore them out a little bit and uh, was able to just keep going. Trade Pickering joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. I know you guys always put a high priority on running the ball, controlling the clock and also winning the turnover battle. But it seems like you guys have also been dominating the field position battle this year as well. So much of that comes into special teams. So uh, in your mind, from your eyes, how impactful has that been, just having a kicker that can kick it out of the back of the end zone on every single kickoff and you know having a, you know such great punt coverage and all that? I mean, you guys are controlling the, the, the field position battle so much. How much does that cater to your guys' success? Yeah, I mean, it's super nice. Brendan is uh, able to boot the ball super far and, you know, really flip the field for us. And then I think that's more of a part of our defense, too. Our defense has created some big turnovers and fourth down stops on their side of the field, which has been super nice for us because then we have a short field to work with. Um, and I think uh, special teams obviously is a huge role, especially playing Weber. Um, but I think those were just kind of some of the bigger factors in a lot of the games. Well, talking to both Sean Chambers and Ben Seymour after the game, it seemed like you guys had a, a pretty uh, defined mentality going down there to Ogden and, and wanted to make a statement to the rest of the league. So uh, now that you guys did that, how do you sort of move forward? I mean, you got a, a good Portland State team coming to town on Saturday, so uh, how do you sort of turn the chapter? Be proud of what you did in Ogden, but to not let it get in the way of this preparation this week. Yeah, I think uh, Saturdays, Saturday nights or Sunday mornings, maybe are really the time you get to – enjoy the win, and then once Monday hits, it's on to a next week. Um, Portland State's a really good team. They've put up, I think, 150 points in the last couple weeks. Um, so it's a team that can score, and it's a team that's been able to stop uh, opposing offenses. So I don't. I think it's coming into this game not having a light mentality uh, and not underestimating this opponent at all. Before we talk more about this matchup, we got to ask you about the touchdowns. I mean, you scored two of them against Weber State. Just took us through it. It looked like actually pretty similar plays. Both sides just went to the right side of the field to the wide side on the right and then the wide side on the left. So just take us through your touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, uh, we had a motion in from the tight end. Uh, I think it really all came down to was the O-line and the two tight ends, Derek and Lonnie, blocking down there. I mean, Sean had such a long time to be able to throw the perfect ball. All I really had to do was reach out and grab it. Um, But, no, it was super well-designed. Coach Vegan had a great play that he brought from Wyoming, um, and it just worked well with our scheme, and, you know, it all kind of came together in the end there. 
Trey Pickering joining us here on Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Uh, more about the Vikings then. Um, how's prep been going? I know you're only, we're only talking here on a Monday, so probably just just getting to it. But, uh, I mean, what's your just general perceptions of, of Portland State? Yeah, so on Mondays we usually kind of close out the team that we just played. So I haven't gotten a whole – a lot of look at them. But I know just kind of looking at box scores that they score a lot of points on offense. And, uh, you know, their defense has been able to – kind of slow some people down. So um, just really focusing in on our, our side of the ball, obviously, and uh, just trying to put points on the board as much as we can and uh, and hope our defense can do what they've been continuing to do and play well. Homecoming this weekend in Bozeman, right? So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, does that, does that play a factor? I mean, is that just a distraction you have to mitigate? What do you guys think of us having a homecoming game? Uh, personally, I don't even know what the homecoming aspect of the game is for <laughs> right. me, really. So. So, you know, it's just a normal week for me. Well, it seems like you guys are very deliberate in the way that you are approaching this. So, I mean, how much of that is just because of sort of the the program that you're in and and the system that you guys run? I mean, it seems like it is, you know, week to week, take care of this opponent, move on to the next one. So, I mean, how much have you guys sort of mastered that art and and how important is that to the success you guys have had these last couple of years? Yeah, I think uh, we learned a lot last year that – you just got to take every game week by week. And it's such a long season that you can't dwell on a certain game. Uh, there's so many more games to be played and that can really make or break your season. Uh, like last year we had a close game against Eastern. Um, and we could have easily dropped that one at the beginning of conference play. And that could have really affected our season, but, uh, it being such a close game, we were able to bounce back, um, and just continue to grind throughout the season and play well. One other thing I wanted to ask you about is is I love the way you guys' defensive line is playing, just sort of watching the scheme that they're running. And, and it seems like communication is so key. They key off of each other so much. I mean, no need to go into the, the, the details of all the X's and O's of what they do, but I know you guys, you go against that a lot in practice. How, mm-hmm. how confusing is it when you're trying to sort of line up against a, a defensive line that moves around so much? And, and how... How good is your guys' defensive line play right now? Because, I mean, it seems like that's a, a huge factor to why the defense has taken such big strides. No, totally. I mean, those guys up front, they're, they take pride in owning the line of scrimmage. And, you know, they're super passionate up front. They're such a good group of guys, and they play super well together. And they uh, they rotate, and whoever's in is going to play their heart out. And then when they're tired, time to sit on the bench, they're going to cheer their heart out. So uh, they do a really great job up front, and Coach Howe, does a great job of getting them prepped. And I think the linebackers like Nolan and Danny, like they, uh, they do a really good job at getting those guys set up and really setting the defense up and controlling everything and making sure everybody's lined up. And I think they just communicate really well all around on defense. Last thing for you then, uh, just goals this week. I know, like you said, you're still sort of getting into the, the details of all the preparation of, of uh, Portland state and what they do and all that. But uh, just broadly, how do you hope to see the offense improve? How do you hope your team performs this weekend? Yeah, I think offensively it's just getting in the film room and seeing what they do and uh, ways of attacking them and then really honing in on the plays that we decide to run for the week and, uh, you know, just trying to run them to perfection uh, over the course of this next week uh, before the game and just trying to perfect our craft and just make sure that we're honed in on the details is really uh, the big thing for me. And then special teams, since I'm on a couple of them, is just making sure that we watch film and try and find indicators of what they do on teams and, uh, just really trying to hone in on what they do and what they do well and uh, just see how we can complement each other. He's Trey Pickering, Montana State senior tight end here on Nuanas Now. Trayton, it won't be the last time, but appreciate it, man. And thanks so much, and best of luck this weekend. Awesome. Thank you. One, two, three. Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio. Welcome back, everybody. You want us now? ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. All sorts of action in Missoula this weekend. First of all, the Gris hockey team debuts, uh, for home at least. They were on the road last week. They make their home debut on Saturday. Also, uh, that's a 7.30 puck drop. The Gris football team is at home this weekend as well. It's homecoming. That's 2 p.m. kick. But how about a little Friday night volleyball action rivalry style? Biggest volleyball match of the season is in Missoula Friday night. Join the Montana volleyball team as they host Montana State in the annual Brawl of the Wild. The Grizz have won three in a row in the series, 
And last November, they set an attendance record with more than 2,000 fans at Dahlberg Arena. Set your homecoming weekend off in style with the Big Sky Conference Coach of the Year, Allison Lawrence, and the Grizz Volleyball team. First serve slated for 6 p.m. Friday night. Get your tickets today at gogrizz.com backslash tickets. We go down the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in. Mike Anderson is the head coach of the Grizz hockey team. Grizz hockey, as I just mentioned, they debut their home uh, their home debut on Saturday night. Also, though, they got some stuff going on tonight right across the street from us, Buffalo Wild Wings, starting at 5.30. Grizz hockey team will be eating wings, signing posters. They have various prizes and memorabilia. If fans show up and they show the coupon on Grizz Hockey's Instagram, UM Grizz Hockey is going to get 20% of those proceeds. So if you need a bite to eat, you want to come meet and greet with the Grizz, head on over to Buffalo Wild Wings about 5.30. If you don't have hockey tickets for Saturday night, Buffalo Wild Wings will also be streaming the Grizz Hockey games Saturday and all season long. Load up on Wings, Beer, and Grizz Hockey. Buffalo Wild Wings, located next to Home Depot in Missoula, right next to us here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. Coach Anderson, thanks for being here, man. What's going on? How you doing? I'm well. How are you doing? Good, man. Uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. I know we were in a rhythm hanging out every week when the Stanley Cup playoffs were going on, but then now we'll be back in the rhythm hanging out once a week now that Grizz hockey season is upon us. Uh, let's talk about last weekend. First and foremost, you guys get off to a, a good start. You, you played a couple there uh, in Cheney and Eastern Washington. So what'd you like? I mean, what'd you think of your team's uh, season opening performances? I think it was a good start, something to build off of. There's definitely... Uh, some things that we want to improve upon habits-wise and conceptually, but it's always good to get wins, and we went to a team that we should definitely beat, and we did. So we're not going to spend too much time looking at the film of it just because it's the first weekend. We're just going to build on some habits at practice and, and definitely take on a more uh, an opponent more at our level this weekend with Utah. Well, it's been so fun to watch just from a program-building standpoint. I mean, it's very rare, I, not, not really in my journalism career, have I gotten to see a program that didn't exist then come into existence and all the things that go into it. And, and that whole process is so fun to observe. But now here you are going into year three. So how did this last offseason differ from maybe the, the previous two uh, now that you guys are sort of a little bit more of an established program? Well, it's certainly helped in bringing in um, new players to really fill things out. Our depth this year is a is about a thousand times better than it has been the first two years. So that was huge. Uh, guy, and guys just sort of know what we are and what we offer. And, and it's a lot easier to build off of what we do want to, how we do want to play and what we do want to do with guys returning. So the off season was a lot more like filling in gaps versus uh, finding like exactly what we need or just taking whoever. So we could be a little more selective. We could be a little more thoughtful about who comes in. Um, so that was that was a lot different. It wasn't just who can come, let's take them, let's see how they work. It was a lot more like, hey, what do we need at this position? Who might work here? So that that was the biggest change for sure. Do you think that this the, the, the success, not only just the wins, but also just the success in terms of you know sort of the vibrance and and, and uh, visibility of the program has that has that helped you in, in terms of improving your your recruiting prowess, the the doors you can get in these days. Oh yeah, it's, it's a huge part of our success, if not the main reason, is is how well the community has embraced us and the following that we have, and and just the the word of mouth and social media and you know with working with you guys at the broadcast company, it's been a huge part of our success of of uh, you know looking and being a lot more legitimate than other programs that might be starting out from nothing, having that backing. So we've been a fully functional program for, you know, the first two years. And I think people recognize that and they want to be a part of it. So it's a pretty, pretty unique thing. Well, stylistically, I know you, you have a defined way of how you want to play. Is there anything different that people can expect if they're coming to see your squad for the first time on Saturday night? Or I mean, I guess, I guess what can people expect Saturday night against Utah? Well, people can expect a team that's, that's uh, from first line to fourth, however you want to phrase it, we got four lines of forwards that can that can really play the game and and get up ice and play with tempo. And we got a strong decor. We got a new goalie uh, with the program too. I think stylistically, though, we're hoping to be you know even better than we've been. We want to be fast paced. We want to apply a lot of pressure. We want to be attacking more than we're defending and and playing hockey in a really fun, exciting, you know, creative way that's fun to watch and gets wins. 
Here's hockey team makes their home debut. Glacier Ice Rink, 7.30 p.m. So this timing is perfect for you. If you're going to the football game as well, the Grizz play Idaho State at 2 p.m. And uh, then, you know, that game will be wrapped up by 5, 5.30. And uh, then you got a couple hours, you know, maybe go get a bite to eat, get rehydrated, whatever you need to do. And then uh, 7.30 puck drops at Glacier Ice Rink. Grizz host University of Utah uh, to debut uh, for their home opener on uh, Saturday night. Uh, what can we expect out of the Utes, Coach? Uh, they're a program that's been around for a long time, actually. They have a D1 team as well, which is the level above us, and then they have this D2 program. So uh, every once in a while, they bring guys down from their top team. So we, we don't fully know what we're getting into. They're, they're one and one so far. They've played one pretty good team in Weber State and played them well and then played a a different team that's not very good and beat them up pretty good. So not sure what we're getting into. We played them last year and beat them 7-4, to four, but shots were actually a lot closer than that. So we're expecting a really competitive team that works really hard. All those Utah schools have that quality to them. They just all play really hard. And so we're expecting a team that's going to be excited to come up here and play in front of a big crowd, and we're expecting a challenge for sure. Well, it's the Utah gamut coming up for the Grizz hockey team. You're going to get to see pretty much everybody from the state of Utah over the next four games. Grizz hosts Utah on Saturday. Then next Thursday, that's October 5th, uh, they host Utah Valley. Then Weber State is in town next Friday, October 6th. And then Utah State is in town uh, next Saturday. So you got four chances to see the Grizz between Saturday and Saturday. So tons of opportunities coming up. We'll give you tickets uh, anytime that we can. Uh, and if you can ever, if you can't get down there, you can't find the action. You can always find it uh, on the uh, ESPN MT app, and most times on 1029 ESPN Missoula as well. Mike Anderson, Grizz hockey coach, joining us here on Nuanas Now, Coach, thanks for being here, man. Best of luck Saturday night. Have some fun. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. Buffalo Wild Wings tonight at 5:30. Grizz hockey will be eating wings, signing posters, and giveaway prizes. If you flash the coupon on the Grizz hockey Instagram. You get uh, 20% of the proceeds from whatever you might have over there at Buffalo Wild Wings will go to the uh, Grizz hockey team. And, of course, Buffalo Wild Wings will be showing the Grizz home or away all season long. Buffalo Wild Wings streaming the Grizz uh, home or away. They're located next to Home Depot in Missoula, offering burgers, wings, salads, and more. Bring your friends, bring your family. Just get to Buffalo Wild Wings this weekend for Grizz hockey. Hour one in the Bucks. Hour two coming at you. Reunited and it feels so good. Ryan Tutel, former co-host of this show. He's got plenty to say about the NFL, the Big Sky Conference, and whatever the heck else we get to. You want us now, ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.